You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 242, The Solo Series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra with you here. So today's episode's a little bit different. I think I've done this kind of an episode way, way back in the early archives of She Runs the Show, but it has been, I would say, at least a year, if not longer, since I've done an episode where I'm talking more on the personal side in terms of five things I'm struggling with. And I like to do these episodes every so often because I think sometimes we listen to podcasts, we we watch YouTube videos that are inspirational, and we see all of these people out there doing amazing things. And our th- inner critic likes to mislead us into believing that these people are superhuman, they're driven, they hustle, they have something that we don't. And so when we hit a roadblock, we feel like, well, I can't measure up to them, or I'll never be able to measure up to them, or they were able to do it better than, than I ever will. And then we give up. And I say we, cause it applies to all of us. I listen to certain podcasts, you know, like Andy Frazella's, um, at the MF CEO project. And I'm just marveled by the work ethic that he has and seven companies. And, you know, I listen to different people and I think, wow, they are so, uh, Tim Ferriss and, and others. They're so, they, they're, they're just gifted and they're brilliant and they're hardworking and I'm not working hard enough. And so I like to every now and again, do an episode where I share with you what I'm struggling with. So you understand that, yes, do I, do I teach mindset? Do I coach mindset? Do I uh, live and breathe mindset? Absolutely. Uh, do I get it right every single time? No. Do I get it perfect? Never. And so I want you to listen to five things that I'm struggling with right now in this present moment, as we are in November of 2019 and about to enter 2020. And I'm just going to share with you my own personal experience of, of what things I'm struggling with, some I've been struggling with for a long time, and what I'm actually doing to take that struggle and turn it into triumph. Because I think we we... Lots of people will not use the word struggle because they think it's such a negative term. I'm going to debunk that too in today's episode. So let me start off by saying, if you are new to the episode, welcome. If you are new to She Runs the Show as a podcast, welcome. This is a podcast geared to women entrepreneurs who want to have both businesses that thrive and relationships that rock. And so the goal of this podcast is to give you the mindset tools, the mindset reminders, because so much of this stuff that I teach, that I coach is universal and has been in existence for centuries. So this podcast is as much a teaching opportunity so that you can reframe and shift your mindset into a more powerful place, but it is also reminding you of the things you already know so that in moments when life is getting kind of crazy, you know, things are going into the hot mess direction, you can reframe and bring yourself back to what you actually already know to be true. So that is the purpose of the podcast. And if you are a new listener, once again, thank you for listening. If you're a continued listener, thank you so much for continuing to listen to She Runs the Show. Please be sure that you subscribe to this on iTunes. I I don't say it enough, but you can find this podcast on iTunes, especially if you're listening on SoundCloud at tinyurl.com forward slash She Runs the Show podcast. Be sure that you subscribe, you leave a review, share it with people you, you know need this information. Listen, this is not only for entrepreneurs. I created She Runs the Show 
for women entrepreneurs specifically, and I am still directly speaking to them. But this is also for anyone in your life who struggles with mindset and struggles with grit, struggles with staying the course on stuff, struggles with shiny object syndrome. If you know anybody who really needs to to develop a mindset that is worthy of their dreams, then this would be the podcast for them to listen to. So please be sure to share it. All right, let's get into the episode. So I'm going to talk about five things I'm currently struggling with. Let me start out with a quote because I I love this quote because in this quote are actually some of the things that I'm struggling with and I'll, and I'll go deeper in a minute. So the quote by Billy Chapot, Chapota, I think I said that right, by Billy Chapota is this. They are scared of women like you, women with hearts big enough to house suitcases full of pain, women with laughs so therapeutic they can heal wounds, women with passion fierce enough to start wildfires. They are scared of what they can't tame or understand. I'm going to read this again because if you are one of these women, which if you're listening to She Runs a Show, I'm, I'm going to say with 90, and you're a woman entrepreneur, I'm going to say with 99.9% certainty that this is you. And this is me as well. But I want you to really listen to Billy's words. So Billy Chapota says, they are scared of women like you. Women with hearts big enough to house suitcases full of pain. Women with laughs so therapeutic they can heal wounds. Women with passion fierce enough to start wildfires. They are scared of what they can't tame or understand. And for a second, I want you to, you know... When you're in the entrepreneurial space, and I'll speak directly to women entrepreneurs on this, when you're in the entrepreneurial space, and I've talked about this on and off in different episodes, there's a lot of this journey that feels very lonely. There's a lot of this journey that feels like, man, nobody in my circle of friends, nobody in my family's ever done this. Nobody in my community has really gone to the level that I'm building this empire to. Nobody gets it. They don't get my drive. They don't get my obsession. They don't get my passion. They, they don't get it. And that creates a sense of loneliness. And so in moments when you're feeling like people just don't understand what I'm, what I'm dealing with or what I'm trying to build or what I'm trying to do, I just want you to remember this quote because they are scared of women like you, women with hearts big enough to house suitcases full of pain, women with laughs so therapeutic they can heal wounds, women with passion fierce enough to start wildfires. They are scared of what they can't tame or understand. So when you get misunderstanding from folks, when you get people, you know, saying, well, you you know, you're too invested in this, you're doing too much, you're not spending enough time here, but you're spending all your time in your business, whatever the nonsense is that people try to spread at different moments. Just remember the last line of that quote. They are scared of what they can't tame or understand. They are scared of what they can't tame or understand. Once you get clear on why people are acting a fool when you are, you are doing what you were put here to do, once you get clear on why loneliness feels the way it does, you know, loneliness is not isolation, it's solitude. And when you're building something major, very often you're going to need quite a bit of solitude to do that. Let's just keep that in mind. Whole other episode that I will talk about. But again, understand that when you're going through a season and you feel like nobody gets you, nobody sees you, nobody understands your obsession, your your growth, your development, your your movement, your hustle. Well, they can't understand because they're not you and they're not doing what you're doing and they're not attempting to go where you have already decided you are going to go. So they're not going to get you. And that's not so much a thing of isolation as it is solitude and putting you in a space where you can concentrate fully on your work in the world without having to hear the chirp and the chatter from folks who can't even see the vision you've had since birth. 
Get what I'm saying? Since birth. So I start out with that quote because I want you to understand that when I start to talk about the five things I'm struggling with, you'll understand it in the context of that quote. And let me start out by saying that a lot of people don't like the word struggle. I'm hearing this more and more as we raise more generations of people who don't know what hard work really is and what it really requires and playing the long game and all that kind of stuff. But struggle is not a bad word. If you look up the definition of struggle, it means to work hard to do something or to move with difficulty. We've made struggle this whole esoteric, uh, there's negative energy associated with it. Listen, if you bring negative energy to the word as you say it, you could say nice and you're still bringing negative energy to the word of nice. It's all about the energy you bring as you say the words that you're saying. It never is the words. It's the energy behind the words. You know, I was, I was, um, reading Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. And she said something in there. Oh man, I didn't even think I was going to talk about this, but I do need to pull it out because I want you to hear the exact words that she used in the book because I put that, I put it now on my to-do list every single day to remind myself of what she said. So I'm just going to flip through my journal to get to the exact wording that she used, but it's pretty, pretty, pretty powerful. And this is actually not Gabby Bernstein's exact quote, but she quoted somebody else. And let me see if I can find it. It, it was talking about presence. And so I, I want to give you her words because there's something so true about what she said about presence that I think we've got to pay attention to. Um, and, and it really it was from a, a yogi who said this to her. So I want to make sure that I'm getting the words the way that I want them. Um, let's see, I'm going to give it another minute to see if I can find it in my journal notes. But basically it was really talking about if your, if your presence isn't felt, your words won't do anything for anybody. If your presence isn't felt, your, your words mean nothing. It's your presence that moves mountains. And, and so there is something to that idea of knowing that it is your presence that does that work and really expecting to understand that really it's, it's your presence that moves people and it's your presence that moves things. So I think that's really, really important to remember. I can't find it, but I'm probably going to end up doing a podcast episode just on that because I think that's super, super powerful. So I'm going to put away this journal so I, I can focus here. But essentially, in the universe has your back, this this quote that Gabby gives from a yogi is that if your presence isn't felt, your words don't matter. That's not the exact quote, but I'm paraphrasing. If your presence isn't felt, the words don't matter, which brings me back to this whole idea of struggle. If the energy that you bring when you say struggle is pain and loss and grief, well, yeah, then struggle becomes a negative word. But if the energy that you bring behind struggle when you talk about your struggles is how you move from struggle to triumph. It's how you were able to move and work and transform things, even though difficulty presented itself. It is the energy behind the words, not the words that matter. So I really want you to think about, you know, if you're listening to this episode, and you're like, oh, it's so much negative energy associated with the word struggle. I would, I would debate you on that pretty fiercely. And I would say, it's the energy you bring to every word you say. You know, my mother was always good about saying she could say hello to somebody and actually mean F you and just deliver it to them with a hello. And that was because it wasn't about the words she was using. It was about the energy behind the words she was using. So hello can be an F you and F you can be something else too. So let's not get caught up in words is my whole point with taking that 
taking us down a diverted path. Let's focus on the fact that struggle in this episode, and what I'm meaning by the word struggle, is to work hard to do something or to move with difficulty. And here's the other thing. There's no shame in admitting that even as you hustle and win, you are moving with difficulty as you do so. I think that's one of the gifts. You know, I thought about not doing this episode because for a minute, my ego jumped in And I thought to myself, well, I teach mindset. I coach mindset. I'm going to share with people that I'm having mindset issues. Well, yeah, we're all having mindset issues all of the time, whether we admit it or not. And I think the more we hide from people the things that we're struggling with, the less we give other people room to normalize struggle and to say, you know what, this is a, this is par for the course. This is what we all go through and we're all in this together. If we are silent about the things that are hard, then we we keep other people from supporting us in overcoming the things that are hard. And we also keep them from overcoming the things that are hard for themselves because they think they're the only one. Your story of struggle, when you tell it from the place of working hard to do something and moving with difficulty and transforming struggle into triumph can really change a lot of people's lives. So do not hesitate to share your struggle stories with people, especially those you feel called to share it with, because We've got to take away the shame from working hard to do something. And we've got to remove the shame from finding ourselves in situations where we are moving, but we're moving with difficulty. The the things that are most worth having do not come without a certain level of difficulty. And that doesn't mean hardship or pain or suffering. That means challenge. That means obstacle. That means a bridge you've got to cross. That means door you've got to walk through. That means window you've got to open yourself without a lock and it's under lock and key. It doesn't mean pain and suffering. It means moving with difficulty. And you do not learn how strong you are until you have had to move with difficulty. And I would add to that for a season or more. So Having just put that on the table, let me jump right in to five things that I'm currently struggling with. It is November 2019, so if you're listening to this in like 2022, uh, I probably am not struggling with it. Who knows? Maybe I still will be. But I'm going to talk in this present moment the five things that I'm struggling with. And my number one thing right now, I would say in life and business that I'm struggling with, probably is one of my biggest spiritual lessons because I have struggled with this pretty much my entire life, which is why I... I speed through things, right? I'm a sprinter, but I've had to teach myself how to be a marathoner who also sprints. So the first thing that I'm struggling with is impatience. I am an impatient person. I want everything yesterday, literally. Like I will work for as many years as it takes. I will work for as long as it takes. I will do whatever it takes and I and I do not give up. So let's, let's just, I play the long game. I will be here until is my stance. But that doesn't mean that as I'm doing the daily massive action and I'm taking the steps and I'm being here until that I don't have seasons, days, weeks, months, moments um, where I am complete, even as I'm doing the daily massive action and even as I'm taking those steps and I know that this is a long game and I know that this is a decade plan. It's not a six month boot camp approach. Even as I'm doing all of that, I struggle with impatience because, you know, I, I underestimate how long it takes to do certain things. And then when it takes even longer, I'm like, why did it take this long? And then, you know, I'm waiting for certain things to happen. And then then my impatience elongates the wait because I'm not trusting the universe and I'm not surrendering to the process. Let me tell you what, I, I can't tell you how many life lessons and major ones I've been presented where the key to me reaching a new level 
or to achieving a big dream or a big goal has always been in the surrender, not in the daily massive action, not in the hustle, hustle, hustle. It, it, and I don't know why I'm so hard headed that I just don't get the lesson and, and surrender all the time. Maybe that's just not in my DNA. Maybe I just, I'm stubborn and I have to learn that way. I don't know, but I've always big things that I've wanted that for whatever reason felt like I was pushing and pushing and pushing. It wasn't until I got to the point of surrender and I have no recipe for surrender in my life. Eventually I get so tired. Eventually I just, I, I release it and I put it on the altar of life and I say, whatever will be, will be, you know, que sera, sera. But I have no process by which to get to surrender. I've read lots of books on surrender, lots of books on letting go and all. I even wrote a book called Love It Till It Lets You Go. And that really is the only thing that I've learned how to do over time is when I don't know how to surrender or let go of something, love it until it lets me go. Now, I'd love a shortcut. I would love to know what the recipe for me, because it's different for everybody, to surrender and let go. But the one thing I'm struggling with right now is absolutely patience. And, uh, you know, my point with that is it takes the... it takes the time it takes. I hate that saying. I just got to, I hate that saying. It takes the time it takes. But over and over again in business, in fitness, uh, trying to get pregnant, what I keep learning is that, uh, you know, I think it was Wayne Dyer quoted A Course in Miracles that says, um, infinite patience produces immediate results. It's out of A Course in Miracles. Infinite patience produces immediate results. I'm constantly learning that lesson because what every experience is coming to teach me is that it takes the time it takes. And there is no great predictor for some of the biggest things that you want in your life. And in business, producing great things often takes much more time than you think it will. It takes time to see the impact of the work that you're putting in today into everything. Fitness. I mean, like, I listen, I've been a personal trainer and I know that the first six weeks you, of a workout regimen and nutrition regimen, you sort of, and I won't speak for men because men drop body fat way more easily, but for women, you have to close your eyes for those first six weeks. You literally have to close your eyes for those first, first six weeks and just do the work and just trust that if your, if your nutrition is where you say it is and your fitness is where you say it is and you're doing the things you committed to doing, after six weeks, you will drop at least one jean size. But it, and I've worked with so many women and I've worked with myself on this. Literally, if you do six weeks of consistent work in both what you eat, because obviously 80% of it is what you eat and you're working out somewhere between weeks five and six, it's like the weight just fell off overnight. But from week zero through five, you're putting in all this work and you're not, you're stepping on the scale. Please don't step on the scale every day. Let me just, please don't do that. But you're stepping on the scale and you're not seeing any difference. And then all of a sudden, somewhere between weeks five and six for women, it's like 10 pounds just miraculously disappeared. Just they went somewhere. They went somewhere. And, and you're just like, what just happened? And now jeans fit. And this brings me to one of my favorite quotes, which says, the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. And I have to remind myself over and over again, the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Now, in my impatience, I'm often saying, but the fruit was supposed to come up three months ago. The fruit was supposed to come up six months ago. This was supposed to happen a year ago. You know, you get what I'm saying, especially with things that are completely out of my control, getting pregnant for the most part. That's a God job. I've been through infertility before. I can tell you in going through it again, it has always come down to when God decided and when that spirit baby decided that they wanted to show up on earth, boom, there they were and nothing could keep them from it. But 
you could do, and, and many women can relate to the infertility journey. You can do IVF all you want. You can do IUI all you want. You can take fertility drugs all you want. You can time sex all you, you can have more sex than most people have in a week, in a, you know, you can have more sex in a week than most people have in a month. And if it's not time, it's not time. And so I think my, my struggle right now with impatience is I've got a lot of things that I've been building for a number of years. I've got a lot of things that I've been working towards for one, two, three, five, some of them even 10 years. And they're not coming to fruition when I wanted them to come to fruition. There's no nice way to say it. When I wanted them to happen, they're not happening. And so I'm struggling with impatience and, and really reminding myself of that of Course in Miracles quote which says infinite patience produces immediate results. Now, part of that impatience comes from understanding that on the one hand, I have to be able to move forward every single day and accept the risk, whatever the risk is for whatever I'm pursuing. And on the other hand, I have to embrace the weight. So, so you see how those two things can make an impatient per person even more impatient. On the one hand, I have to take daily massive action and accept the risk. And on the other hand, I have to embrace the weight. And so Ray A. Davis said, patience is not passive waiting. Patience is active acceptance of the process required to attain your goals and dreams. And so, um, I don't have a whole lot of active acceptance at the moment of the process. Some of these processes for some of my major goals, I'm like, come on now, come on now. Like, can we just, like, I'm accepting that it is what it is and I'm accepting that I've got to do the work and I'm doing the work and it's not happening when I think it should. So when he says patience is active acceptance of the process, the process required to attain your goals and dreams, I go, oh, there's some work that I need to do because I don't have any active acceptance in this moment of, you know, like I'm 41 and a half and I've been wanting a baby for I don't know how long and it's not happening. I don't have any active acceptance of that. But I've got to get there for things to move forward because infinite patience produces immediate results. See what I'm saying? Third point about this impatience thing that I'm struggling with, trusting the timing of my life. You know, John Kabat-Zinn, who wrote a book on mindfulness, he's kind of the father of the mindfulness movement. He said, patience is a form of wisdom. It demonstrates that we understand and accept the fact that sometimes things must unfold in their own time. Let me repeat that last part. Sometimes things must unfold in their own time. I can't tell you how many times I've had to learn this lesson and I'm still learning the lesson that, that I have to be willing to let go because things always unfold in their own time. And I don't know the timing of those things, you know, so the current thing that I'm struggling with is, is, you know, I have things in the work of my business that I've been wanting to get off the ground for a long time. I've been working on it for a long time and I'm impatient there. The fertility thing and, and having another baby, I'm super, super impatient there. My, even my fitness journey. And I was a personal trainer and I totally get how this works. And there's still moments when I'm like, oh, can I just like, can I fast forward nine months and get to my after picture already? You know what I mean? So... Impatience is certainly the number one thing right now that I am struggling with. The second thing that I'm struggling with right now, and again, when I when I talk about these five things that I'm struggling with, they apply to all arenas of life. It's not just business. Typically, when you're struggling with something, you will see traces of it in all of the areas of your life. So as I'm talking about the things that I'm struggling with, I want you to really think about what are you struggling with and and where is that struggle which again is not a bad word, where is that struggle showing up in different areas of your life? The second thing that I'm struggling with is tolerations. Now, I, let me just preface this by saying, 
I'm the creator of the Healthy Boundaries Masterclass. I, if anybody knows how to say no uh, really well, it's me. And I'm super good at, at both building boundaries and building emotional walls, both of them. Emotional walls not, are not so healthy, but I'm really great at building both. And so the, the aha moment I've had, especially in 2019, has been recognizing what I've been tolerating for far too long um, and recognizing that I've been tolerating stuff that I didn't really realize were tolerations because I wasn't actually allowing myself to feel the pain of tolerating those things. Does that make sense? So oftentimes, how would you know that your hand is on a hot stove unless you felt the pain of the hot stove? I mean, you could look and you could see it, but would anything really be wrong with it if your hand was completely numb and you put it on a hot stove? No, because you don't feel the pain. The pain is what signals that, hey, something's wrong here. And so one of my big ahas this year is just, I've been tolerating some stuff. I could use an expletive, but I won't. I've been tolerating some things that I've just been uh compartmentalizing the pain on, which brings me back to that original quote. You remember the quote? They are scared of women like you, women with hearts big enough to house suitcases full of pain, women with laughs so therapeutic they can heal wounds, women with passion fierce enough to start wildfires. They are scared of what they can't tame or understand. But I'm going to hone in on the women with hearts big enough to house suitcases full of pain. And this year, I've really done some deep work. I mean, more more deep work, and, and I've allowed myself to go deeper. And I realized that I've been tolerating some things that I, for far too long, for far too long. And I've been giving myself permission this year to really feel the pain of those tolerations. I hadn't before. Like, even though maybe in the back of my mind, I sort of knew they were tolerations, because I was, I, I had lidocaine on my hand, metaphorically, right? So my hand's on the hot stove, but my hand's completely numb. So the skin is, the flesh is burning, but, but I don't feel anything. I've been doing that with my tolerations. And so one of the things that I am struggling with is just under really opening my eyes and waking up to what I've been tolerating for far too long and allowing myself, here's the, here's the struggle, allowing myself to feel the pain of that. Do you know what I mean? It's one thing to have an awareness that, okay, I've been tolerating this. I've been tolerating my friend treating me like this. I've been tolerating, you know, my partner treating me like this. I've been tolerating this and this. And this. it's one thing to have an intellectual awareness of what you've been tolerating it's another thing to have a visceral experience that that brings you to tears, that brings you to soul cries, that that literally it eats you up because you're finally feeling the pain of what all of that tolerating has been because you, you're not compartmentalizing it anymore. So that has been a struggle for me. And here's the key thing about that. Um, as I've allowed myself to feel the pain of things that I've been tolerating, I realize that toleration starts with really subtle, seemingly small agreements that I made that I thought would shift or change over time and, and coming to the realization that my acceptance of small forms of mistreatment opened the floodgates for big levels of disrespect. I'm going to say this again. This is my aha, which is where, where it leads to the struggle of, of rec not only recognizing my tolerations, but feeling the pain of them and knowing that I'm the one who's in control of doing something about them. It's, it's the realization that I came to this year of understanding that tolerations aren't things that are this like big accepting of something that's so unacceptable. I used to believe that. 
What I'm realizing is that tolerations start with subtle, seemingly small agreements that I thought would shift or change, which is why I accepted those seemingly small agreements at first. I thought they would change over time and realizing that my acceptance of small forms of mistreatment opened the floodgates for big levels of disrespect. Here's the quote that I always quote and and, and it reverberates in a different way with me now. Be careful what you tolerate. You are teaching people how to treat you. Be careful what you tolerate. So even if it's small, this is this is what I'm struggling with right now and really getting. I can't even allow small tolerations in my life anymore. This is the struggle. I cannot even allow the small ones because be careful what you tolerate. You are teaching people how to treat you. So if you give them an inch, they take a mile. If you accept little small tolerations, even out of some hope that things are going to be different, guess what? When things are not different... Then you realize, man, I taught that person how to treat me. I taught that client how to treat me. I taught that situation how to treat me. The universe listens to what you do, not what you say. The universe listens to the energy you show up in the space with when you accept those seemingly small agreements that are tolerations. It's not paying attention to what you affirm every morning or every night. So the tolerations thing is something that I'm struggling with because now I'm sitting with the pain of what I've tolerated for far too long. And I'm also having to say, well, what am I going to do about it now? See, that's the struggle. What now, now that I, now that I, my eyes are open and I see what I see. Now that I cannot close my eyes. Now that I cannot not feel the pain of this. What am I going to do with the pain that I'm living? I'm struggling with that. And you know what? It can be really hard because sometimes what you're tolerating, you're tolerating from like your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your adult children. You're tolerating from different things. And the reality is, is that it doesn't matter how close they are to you. You still have to set your boundaries and deal with tolerations in a way that is self-loving to you, but also lets folks know what you will and will not accept from them. So tolerations is another thing that I'm struggling. Now, how am I working through this toleration thing? You know, I don't really have an answer for that yet. I think the awareness and the allowing myself to feel the pain has been a big aha for me, like really feeling the pain of it and feeling the pain without dumping on myself a load of shame and guilt, like allowing myself to feel the pain of tolerating things for far too long without adding to it. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have accepted that. You shouldn't you, like I'm, I'm not shitting all over myself, which I think is a win. But moving forward, I also think I'm looking at the tolerations that I've not recognized as tolerations. And I'm saying to myself, where in me have I have I believed it was OK for this kind of thing to exist because I need to fix that self-worth issue first before I actually handle the toleration. So if you're asking the question, well, how is Cassandra handle, struggling, handling the struggle of tolerations? It's I'm fixing me first. I'm, I'm handling, I'm, ha I'm getting to the root of what allowed me to even allow the toleration in the first place, which is a self-worth issue. And so I'm working on my self-worth. I'm, I'm focusing on getting getting myself together in a new and different way, which means 
I'm, I'm working on my fitness and my nutrition and making my body what I want it to be outside of fertility, outside of other things, like making my, my vessel what I want it to be. That's a big way that I'm dealing with this, this particular struggle. But then also working on my, doing my deep work, seeing my therapist on a weekly basis and working through where did these tolerations first show up in my life? You know, early childhood, definitely dad issues, working through those things and saying, okay, how am I going to shift the pattern and the habit of thinking about these things? And how am I going to make different decisions and not make rash decisions, but make decisions from a very powerful, um, full of self-worth place. So that's how I'm dealing with my tolerations. Now, is the struggle over? No, no, the struggle's not over. I certainly will do an episode once it is. I certainly will. But I wanted to share that with you because in case you're dealing with tolerations, I don't want you to shit all over yourself. I don't want you to judge yourself and criticize yourself and blame yourself and shame yourself because you're tolerating stuff you shouldn't be tolerating. Well, the fact that you're even aware that you shouldn't be tolerating it is a win. And if you can allow yourself to feel the pain of those tolerations, that's also a win. But if you're not there yet, like I wasn't there yet before this year to feel the pain of it, then that's fine too. But it's just being willing to look at what you're tolerating and being willing to get to the root cause of why you've been teaching people how to treat you in that way. And then to fix the root, not the toleration, the root cause, and then the tolerations will fix themselves. But that's where I'm at with that. I'm, I'm going to the root. I'm working on self-worth. That's how I'm sort of working, but it's still a struggle. Like just cause I, I'm telling you what I'm doing doesn't mean that like, I don't have days where I don't say to myself, you know what, Cassandra, you know better. You know, it doesn't mean I don't have inner critic moments where my inner critic goes, you know better than this, right? How many times have you quoted Maya Angelou Cassandra and said, uh, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time and you still didn't listen. I have those conversations in my head, but you know what? When I have those conversations in my head, I just ask myself the question, is this inner head, whatever, is this serving me? Is this moving me forward? And the answer is no. It's making me feel worse about myself. So if it's making me feel worse and not better, if it's not actually moving me forward to different decisions, then I need to talk to myself in a different way. And that usually nips in the bud after a while. I'm not saying instantaneously nips in the bud, but after a while, it typically does. So second thing that I'm struggling with is tolerations. Third thing that I'm struggling with, which is kind of connected to tolerations in a weird way. So the third thing that I'm struggling with is letting go, letting go. And I've said this on many She Wins a Show episodes. I resign as manager of the universe on almost a weekly, daily basis. I, I could go further, but, you know, minute by minute. But anyway, so letting go. And, and I wrote the book, Love It Till It Lets You Go. And trust me, I review that book every now and again to remind myself of what I wrote in that book so I can get my head straight around. You have to love something till it lets you go because that's the way letting go works for me. But... I'm struggling with letting go, letting go of the things I cannot change, right? I am not a person who likes to fail. I am a recovering perfectionist. I'm doing a lot of good recovery on that. I, I really, perfect sucks. And so I really don't ascribe to perfect pretty much anymore, but there's still perfectionist tendencies in me. And I, I don't like to fail. I don't like to give up. And you know what? Life has been such a good teacher in the 41 years that I've been on this planet. Um, it teaches me that there are times when you come to a point of needing to let something you've been clutching to for dear life go. Um, I don't know why I don't get that lesson and keep it, but I keep like, you know, the universe keeps sending me new lessons and new situations by which to learn it. But here's the thing. One of my favorite quotes says hard truth. You cannot change things by loving them harder. 
I'm going to say it again because somebody needs to hear this. I need to hear it again. Hard truth. You cannot change things by loving them harder. And so a third thing that I'm struggling with is just that exact thing. You cannot change things by loving them harder. There are certain things that you just have to be willing to, whether it's this business deal you've been working on for five years in your business and it's seven figures and you're so close and you can just taste it. You're just, you're just micromanaging the whole thing. Or it's, you know, um, a business partner that, you know, it's, it's, you guys have been out of sync for years and it's time to part ways. Or if you're building your side hustle and you've got a day job, a day job that's sucking the life out of you and you know, it's, it's been over time for you to leave it or a relationship, any of those things. I am, I'm certainly struggling with this idea of, of letting go without feeling like a failure. I don't know if any of you can relate, letting go without feeling like a failure, letting go of things, um, and not feeling like, you know, and reframing it from not looking at it as I gave up to it's time, it's season has ended. Do you see the reframe on that? And, and I talk about these reframes as a coach all the time. So you can look at a situation that you're letting go of as, um, I gave up, I failed at that. Or you can look at it as, um, it has taught me everything it has come to teach me and this season has ended. And listen, intellectually, I get that reframe. But internally right now, I'm struggling with that reframe because on the inside of me, the things that I know I need to let go of, I go, but but that means I failed. That means that means I failed at that. That means, that means I didn't win. That means I didn't follow through. That means, you know, it means all of this other stuff. And so at the same time that I'm saying to myself as, as my own coach, right. And I have coaches, but I'll use, I'm self coaching myself in these moments. I'm saying, no, no, no positive reframe. It really means the se- the season for this has ended. I'm not feeling that way. Remember what I said about the beginning about the word struggle. It's not the words you say. It's the energy that you give out when you're saying the words. So the third thing that I'm struggling with is this idea of things that need to be let go of. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about this whole thing of of having more children. And I wanted to have five more children. And I'm 41. I'm going to be 42 in January. And part of what I'm working on letting go of is I may not get to five. I mean, I get to five more and, uh, that's really hard. That's really hard when you have to figure out how do you let go of things that may, that are completely out of your control, that may not work out the way that you thought that they would. How do you do that? How do you resign as manager of the universe? Cause some things are just not in your control. And so typically when I coach around this, I say, well, focus on controlling the things you can control and then surrender the things that you can't control. But when the things that you can't control are things you've wanted your whole life, they're dreams that you've had your whole life. That's a really tough spot to be in because I can tell you all day to just, just focus on what you can control, but your heart is focused on the desire of that heart, which is a thing you can't control. And so it's a struggle. I, I I can't give you an answer in terms of what am I doing to resign as manager of the universe, except say that out loud every single day, every time I feel like I'm trying to over control situations, um, but also feeling the pain and the grief and the loss of the possibility of letting go of, of things that for a long time, you know, I can remember being eight years old and walking down 
the street that I lived in in Connecticut growing up and passing by a log cabin on the left side of the street at eight years old and saying to myself at eight years old, one day I'm going to have eight children. Eight. Now, I don't know how an eight-year-old comes up with that number. Don't ask. I don't even know. But I remember being eight, walking down my street, seeing that log cabin, which in the middle of of urban Connecticut is kind of weird to have a log cabin in the middle of urban Connecticut. Uh, And seeing that log cabin and thinking to myself, one day when I grow up, I'm going to have eight children. Now I've had three children. I've had four pregnancies, one miscarriage, and I've had three. And so I always, in my 30s, I looked at it like, okay, there's still time for five more. There's still time for five more. And now I'm 41 and a half, more than 41 and a half. I'm about to be 42 in January and I'm going, there may not be time for five more, right? And that's tough when that's your dream. That's tough. And people can tell you everything like maybe, you know, God has a different plan for you. Somebody told me that after I had my first and couldn't get pregnant with my second. They're like, well, maybe it's not God's will that you'll have another child. Bullshit. And I've wrote it, written about it in my books. Bullshit. But at the same time, at 41 and three quarters, I'm now saying maybe I have to let that go. You know, like maybe, maybe there, there won't be time for five more. And maybe that, that number eight that came to me as an eight-year-old walking down a street, city street, looking at a log cabin, maybe, maybe that, that was just a number that an eight-year-old made up and, uh, Maybe there's time for one more. Maybe there's time for two more. Maybe there won't be any more. And so that's a struggle when you when you have to let go of something that you've wanted for a long time. And so uh, How I'm Doing It is the title of one of my books, Love It Till It Lets You Go. Like I'm, I'm loving the possibility of having at least one more before I'm too old to do so. I'm loving the possibility of getting that, what I feel is my second chance at motherhood. But I'm also releasing the need for it to look exactly the way as an eight-year-old I thought it would look. And and slowly making peace with it. I haven't made peace with it, as you can tell. It hurts. But I say all of that to say that if you're struggling with letting go something, letting go of something, maybe, I don't know, maybe you had a dream to be an Olympic athlete and, and you've been trying really hard. Maybe you had a dream to live in a certain geographic location, but you have small children and children in high school and you can't really move to that location and you thought you'd be there, whatever it is. I would say if you're struggling with letting go, you got to let it be what it is. You got you to gotta let it be what it is. And in the moment that you're struggling, you say, you know what? I... I am unwilling at this moment to let it go, but I'm willing to see things differently and I'm willing to change. And I say I'm willing to change a lot. It is a part of my morning mirror work, going into the mirror and looking myself in the eye and saying I'm willing to change. And I would just say that's one thing for sure, letting go. What's interesting is when when I hit these junctures in my life and I finally do let go, typically what ends up happening is not only am I happier, but then I get the thing that I was letting go. So go figure. But that's, but it's not a, I can't just do that right now on paper and say it and not feel it. Like letting go is a true energetic thing. And so if you say, oh, I'm letting go now so I can get the thing that doesn't work either. It's, it has to be an actual true surrender. So that's another thing that I'm struggling with. The fourth thing that I'm struggling with, 
this one has been a less a big lesson this year. And I, I feel like I, you know, I'm struggling with it a little bit now, but I feel like I, I finally in the groove of, of what of this one. I feel like I'm struggling a little bit because I, I don't like the answer I got, but I, I spent a, the first half of this year really struggling with this one. Making the right business priority, the priority. Remember, I talk about Gary Keller on a lot of my episodes. He wrote The One Thing. It is a powerful book. I'm about to start rereading it. And one of the things that I struggle with is making the right business priority the priority. For example, I'll give you an example. Uh, I've been wanting to relaunch my YouTube channel for a long time. And I had, I don't, there are many reasons why I really wasn't focused on YouTube until this year. But once I started getting into the relaunching of it, it is a ton of work. It is, it, I can't even underscore, it's a ton of work. And so I, I started out this year really wanting to write 52 new books and publish them on Amazon in 52 weeks, which if you haven't checked out my books, you can go to overcomingfearbooks.com. There, like I said, love it till it lets you go. If you're having trouble letting go, I would say get that book, listen to it. I'm pretty sure I have it on Audible, although I don't want to promise that I do. I think I do. Yes, I do. I have Love It Till Let's You Go on Audible. Listen to it. I would say listen to it over read it. But then if you like what you listen to, get the paperback. That's how I typically do it. Listen to it. If I really love it, then I buy the paperback. Um, so overcomingfearbooks.com. But I love to write books. I do. I, I am a writer to my core. I have been a writer ever since I can remember having life. And maybe that's because my mother named me after a writer that she loved as a teenager, but I am a writer at my soul. And so I really struggled the first six months trying to keep up with that writing schedule to get those 52, which literally required one book a week, really one book every six days. I couldn't keep up with that schedule. And in the meantime, I was being drawn to, you got to get your YouTube channel where it needs to be. You got to get your YouTube channel to where it needs to be. And I fought it for the first six months of the year. And then finally, after the first six months, I really had to have a get it together talk with myself and say, listen, like you may love to write books and you will write many books in your lifetime, but do you really need to write 52 this year? Like can 10 be enough? Can 20 be enough? Can you get into a rhythm where after you launch the YouTube channel and once you've got this YouTube channel production stuff down to a science, then you come back to that goal? And so I had to get real with myself on that. And then I started to dive into the YouTube channel stuff and my fear came up because I, I, one of the things that was keeping me from really focusing on YouTube, which by the way, if you, if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, it is youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV. So youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV subscribe because you're going to see the relaunch of, of new episodes very, very soon and the rebrand of the whole channel. Um, one of my struggles with, with really committing to that was all the time that it was going to take. And let me tell you what, when the, when really influencer YouTubers, the ones who are doing super well on YouTube tell you it takes a lot of time, they're, they're not playing. It takes a lot of freaking time to do the research, write the scripts, uh, produce, post-produce. Yes, eventually you will outsource those things. But in the beginning, if it's all you, it's a ton of time. So that was one of my fears in going into it. When I finally started going to it, I started to see just how much time it was requiring of me, which leads me to where the struggle has been. The struggle for me has been prioritizing business lovers over business loves. I love to write books. I love it. But right now with where my business is and where I'm taking it, that's not a business lover. A business lover is something that is going to completely level you up in business. It is that one move, that one strategy, that one product, that one thing that when you pull it, it changes, it takes you to the next level. And so I realized pretty quickly 
into 2019 that as much as I love writing the books, they're not, that's not my business lever right now. And so I had to shift to the YouTube and it, that's my business lever. And so every single day I yearn to write another book. I yearn like, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to write another book. But then I have to make the right business priority, the priority. And it's still a daily struggle because every day I wake up and what, what do I want to do? I want to write. I want to write. I, I want to write. I have so many books in me and so many things that I've got to say, but there are other priorities. And so the way that I'm dealing with making the right business priority, the priority, the way I'm dealing with that struggle is just to every morning. One of the things that I do after I do my, you know, morning rituals and workouts and things like that. I just look at what my goals are for the fiscal year. I look at my fiscal year goals. I remind myself what to do this quarter. I remind myself what to do this month. And if a book being written and published is not on that list, I have to tell myself no. And I've been doing that a lot lately because I don't really have any books on my list until December, January. So every day that I wake up and I want to write a book, I look at my spreadsheets and I say, no, you can't do your, no, you're not going to write today. No, you're not. Cause these things are not done. And yes, it's tough. And yes, I struggle with it every day. Cause I, I have a lot I want to say and I want to write, but again, you've got to make the right business priority, the priority. So that's another thing that I'm struggling with. Final thing that I'm struggling with. This is a long episode, boy, misusing energy. So I, you know, so I talked about letting go and I talked about tolerations, but when I, when I started to figure out the things that I've been tolerating that I shouldn't be tolerating and when I started to figure out what I need to let go of, and when I started to figure out in areas, especially in business where I've been settling for less than I deserve, you know what? It started to make me kind of, well, not kind of really angry, like pissed off, pissed off. And so the fifth thing that I'm struggling with is taking that frustration, that anger and not allowing it to be a misuse of energy because anger, again, just like struggle is not a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be a bad thing if it's misused. So the key thing about anger, and I've been really struggling with this, but also working to kind of become a, an anger, you know, I talk about fear alchemist, but an anger alchemist, not allowing the anger of a situation to steal the momentum of my ability to transform the situation. That's what I've been struggling with. Really this whole idea of like, yes, I can be angry about something. Yes, I can be angry about you know, what somebody did or what somebody said or, or something that happened uh, in life or business, but I can't sit in that anger. I can't live in that anger because that anger then is going to eat me up inside and therefore steal my momentum. So I've been working really hard to, when I have those angry moments and I have those moments where I'm pissed, um, to really say to myself, how am I going to use this now? How, how, and it's a struggle because I'll tell you what, I, I, I've had some angry moments this year. I've had some angry moments this year where I've been like, I can't believe I allowed that. I cannot believe I have allowed myself to, I can't, like lip seething anger. You know what I'm talking about when I say seething anger? But at the end of the day, I'm struggling with not allowing the anger of a situation to steal the momentum of my ability to transform the situation. And the way that I'm working through that struggle is just whenever I start to feel angry, not judging it, number one, but then also reminding myself that I can either allow the anger to use me or I can use the anger. And if I'm going to use the anger, I can't sit in the pissed off place of saying, I can't believe they, I can't believe that I can't believe like that. As soon as you start going down the road of saying, I can't believe how you know, they, that you're going down the wrong road with anger. 
it really, I'm starting to get to the place where when I get super angry, I go, well, well, what am I going to do now? You know, what got it totally get that. I'm angry. Every right to be angry. That was a super crappy situation. Totally get it. But what am I going to do about it now? Cause at the end of the day, anger is useful so long as you're using it and it's not using you. And a lot of what I've been angry about has been about, you know, the way others have treated me, the things that have been said, um, the, the, just other, other folks mess. And I, I've had to remind myself again, again, one of my other favorite quotes, a lion never loses sleep over the opinions of sheep. I've had to remind myself a lot. Listen, like everybody's entitled to believe what they want and everybody's entitled to their own opinion and everybody get folks get to make me the villain of their story if they choose to, but I can't lose sleep over the opinions of sheep. And so it's been a struggle really reminding myself of that and reminding myself that anger is useful so long as you're using it and it's not using you. So those have been my five struggles. Those are the five things that I'm currently struggling with, you know, especially the tolerations one. When I get through that one, I'm certainly going to do a podcast episode about it. You, you can just, you can just bet, bet money that when I get to the other side of the tolerations one, I'm going to spend a whole hour talking about it, but I'm nowhere near through it. And, and I want you to know if you're listening to this and you're thinking about, well, gosh, what am I struggling with? And you're asking yourself, what am I struggling with? I just want you to know that we all struggle with stuff all the time. And that even when we get over certain struggles, there are going to be new ones because new levels bring new devils. So you're going to, once you go up, you're going to, you're going to expand out and your expansion out is growth and growth requires change and change requires transition and transition involves struggle at times. So I want you to know that you're not alone if you're struggling with things. And I want you to know that it's okay that you haven't figured it all out. And I want you to know that you don't have to make a decision today. Let me say this again. This is the one thing that I am not struggling with because I learned it in the last 10 years, but it probably took me the last 10 years to learn it. I'm not struggling with this. And I used to, I used to feel like if I was struggling with something, I had to have closure today. I had to make a decision today. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do today. You know what I've learned over time and over life? No decision has to be made today. No decision has to be made today. You can take whatever amount of time you need to make whatever decision you need to make today. No decision has to be made today. And I thank God that I don't struggle with that anymore because it used to eat me up when I would, you know, figure out what my problem is and I'd say, oh, I got to fix it right now. No, I don't have to fix anything. You know what I can do? I can sit with the pain and I can sit with the reality and I can sit with my own awareness. I don't have to fix anything today. When it's time for me to fix something, when it's time for me to do something, when it's time for me to decide something, trust me, I'll know. You know why? Because that light bulb inside my soul will go off, my body, my mind, my heart will go, it's time, and then I will get up and do it, and it will work. But anytime I've rushed a decision because I felt like I needed to fix it before it was actually the season to fix it, it is screwed up royally on my behalf. And so I would just share that with you. If you are listening and you're feeling like you've got this thing you're struggling with and that thing and you've got to fix it all right now, I'm just going to tell you right now, no, no, no decision has to be made today. And do not make a decision until you feel called to decide and act. Until you feel called. Not when other people are pressuring you to, not when you're pressuring yourself to. No, when you get up and you go, okay, now it's time. And that moment happens for each of us. Your inner no, trust me, when it's time, nothing will keep you from it. I think that's out of the color purple. Nothing will keep you from it when it's time. So don't rush timing because that does not work out. No decision has to be made today. 
That's what I wanted to say. And once again, please be sure that you share this with somebody who needs it. I know there are people who need to hear this, who are not entrepreneurs, who have no intentions of opening a business. If you know somebody struggling with something, send this to them, because I think that this will be a blessing for them. I know that this will be a blessing for them. And on top of that, um, share it with even more people because people need to hear that other people are struggling with things and that it's okay to struggle with things. You don't have to have it all right. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all perfect. You are enough and you will figure it out when it's time, when it's time. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Please share this episode with people, you know, all right. I will talk to you on the next episode of She Runs the Show.